Spirit will honor you tonight. Thank you for your presence in this place. We do not call a meeting that you will not attend. Thank you for honoring this meeting with your holy presence. Thank you for the innumerable company of angels. Thank you for the blood of sprinkling, the blood of the everlasting covenant that is here. Thank you for bringing us into sonship in God's house. We ask tonight that the few minutes we'll spend together let it be well worth the while. Amen. Take it over, Holy Spirit, and let Jesus be glorified. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have worshipped. Let the saints of God shout amen. amen. You may please be seated. God bless you. I'm going to take a very short exhortation and then we'll pray. Essentially, we're praying this evening. I'll start a new series of Bible studies very soon, but in the meantime, um, the burden that the Holy Spirit has put in my heart, I want to unleash on you so you can also share the burden with me and then we roll it on the Lord Jesus in the place of prayer. I like the phrase of the last song that we took. It says, nothing compares to the promise that I have in you. Nothing compares. I wish and I desire that those of us who are born again Christians, children of the Most High God, will come to a place of spiritual understanding of the weight of the promise that we have in Christ. The weight and the enormity of that promise that we have in Christ. When I see the way many, many young people who are supposed to be God's children misbehave, I'm bothered about the future. I'm bothered about the future of our nation. I'm bothered about maybe also the church. But I'm strengthened when I look into the word of God. Looking in the natural, I'm bothered. But looking in the word, I'm strengthened. As I spend time today just communing with the Lord, he re-emphasized to me Matthew 16, 18. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If Jesus had not given us this promise, I'd have been more bothered about what the future holds, even in the body of Christ. These are the days that there are all kinds of churches and all kinds of pastors. Some of them, all 
they are good for is just a show. They show off. A pastor made a headline in the UK two days ago for showing off his uh, uh, Richard Mills wristwatch, which cost about 700,000 US dollars. He made a headline. A pastor. Just because he showed off a wristwatch. And that's what he's known for. He's a young man. He's probably a year older, uh, younger than me. He's about my age mates. I know his dad. His dad is a pastor too here in Nigeria. All that guy is known for is just designer clothes, designer shoes, designer cars. Desi it is not a sin to wear designers, for crying out loud. But if that's the only thing you are known for, you are, you are, you are a non-entity. Paul the Apostle said, if our hope is in this world alone, then we are of all men most miserable. And you see, such people have a lot of followership on Instagram. A large followership on social media. The upcoming generation of young believers who don't know their left from their right would assume that that's the normal thing. And so the next thing they also want to do is to try to get into the ministry and then try to get a lot of money so they can have nice cars and things to show off. One of our brothers, about three, four years ago, or maybe five years ago, asked me a question about a Nigerian pastor also. He said, what do you think about that man? I said, I, I think nothing of him, really. I only think about Christ. I said, but every time his name pops up, is either he's wearing... In the news, they are talking about his uh, Gucci bag, or they are talking about his shoes, or they are talking about his scandal with one girl somewhere, one woman or another. That's, that's the only thing. I said, I don't want to be known that way. Our goal as Christians should be that when people meet us, they meet Christ. Christ in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. It is not about the money you have. Money will end here. Material things will die here. They carry no eternal value. All of this stuff that we wear, if I take them off and give them to someone else, these things will not cry and say, hey, hey, Pastor Fred is my owner. You can't wear me. No. I can dash out my wristwatch in this service. It won't cry and say, no, 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 no. Pastor Fred owns me. I'm part of his life. Jesus even said a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he has. But we are in a generation where it's about how much you have. It's about the followership on social media, your followership. It's about the material things you can show off. And then people will know that you are really anointed. So your anointing depends on how much stuff you gather. I want to, I want to warn us. <laughs> These things are going to burn. In the day of the Lord, the fervent heat of the Lord will melt them. Jesus said, assuredly, most assuredly I tell you, not one stone will be left on top of another. There is a spirit in the air today. And I will show you from the scriptures now. I want to talk first, show you a few things and then we begin to pray. It is called the spirit of debauchery. The spirit of debauchery, the way it operates, is such that 
it compels people, and especially young people, to indulge in excessive use of wine, use of alcohol, uh, use of sexual immorality and everything that is sexual and everything that is immoral. People get into that, those acts and they get into them even to the very extreme. Of course, every one of them is a sin, but then they even get to the extreme. And it's a compulsive desire. It comes with some kind of compulsion. That's why some people, Friday night can never meet them in their house. It is a, it's a sin for Friday night to meet them at home. They have to be in the club. For some people, they don't even wait for Friday night anymore. It's every night. Look, don't let us be swept off of our feet with this generation. Because this generation will pass away with all of its debauchery. It's going to go. The only thing that will remain is the word of God. And the only one that will remain is that man or that woman who does the will of God. That's the one the Bible says will abide forever. Because the word of God is not just going to pass away. The word of God is not just going to fizzle out. No. The word stands and abides forever. And so if you do the will of God, you are linking yourself up with the word of God and then you'll abide forever. All this craze will go. They will fizzle out. They will fizzle out. Uh, there was a time that the psalmist found himself in this kind of situation. Let's go to Psalm 119 and verse 25. Psalm 119 and verse 25. Psalm 119 and verse 25. He said, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. I don't want you to look at anybody tonight or judge anybody. It's none of your business. I want you to look at yourself as someone that needs help. And then we are going to be praying for all the members of our church. We have a lot of new members now. We have quite a number of converts. We have people who have just recently rededicated their lives to Christ. See, this is what matters. This is why we are a church and not just a social group or just... Uh, a religious organization or just another uh, entertainment um, outfit. No, that's not who we are. We're a church. The church of the living God. And I understand that people are different uh, phases or stages of their work with God. And this is why uh, those of us who are here tonight, God will be counting on us to engage in intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is locking hands with God. To get his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. To get his will to be done in the lives of his children. The psalmist said, my soul cleaves to the dust. All of those things that people are running after. Designer clothes, designer shoes, designer bags. They are not a sin. Don't get me wrong. They are not sins in any way, but they are dust. They are dust because they carry no eternal value. You will never appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And he will ask you, how many Gucci bags did you buy when you were on earth? Did he send you here on a mission? And your life mission is to buy Gucci bags. He will give them to you if you need them. If you need them, he will give them to you. And if you set your priorities right, Matthew 6.33 says to seek first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what you are to seek. He said, but all these things will be added unto you. They will be additions. But unfortunately, and you know I don't like to use that word. It's so sad. Unfortunately, that is what young people are running after. Today, you see young boys of 15, 17. I'm not even, so if you're 24 now, you're even too old for money rituals. It's now the 15-year-olds, the 17-year-olds. My wife was showing me some videos on Instagram last night. And those boys, I mean, they didn't even cover their, their faces. They were saying, let's do fraud, though. let's do fraud now. We have to do fraud now. And this is, and they were even showing off their charms. On video, you could see those beggarly elements that the Abalis put together for them. They showed where they were cooking their stuff. They showed different stuff that, they, you know, the things where they, the spirits, where they, con, I mean, the, the places where they conjure their spirits. Rituals. 17-year-olds. Some of them with their tiny arms. You can see these are minors. And then they show off their cars. I told my wife, I said, look at them. With all that they have, look at them. They still look very miserable. Because there is a place in the human soul that only God can feel. Money can feel it. Material wealth cannot feel it. If material wealth could actually feel the soul of man, then people like uh, Whitney Houston and some of these very popular American stars that have died, some of them committed suicide, wouldn't have committed suicide. But let me tell you something. When you acquire money to a point, you get to a level, you know, the level of the billionaires of this world, that you, you come to a point where you feel very empty without God. You say, but I thought I should just have money. If I have money, I'll be happy. That's the way a poor man thinks. A poor person thinks that way. And I'm not a poor person. If you're in Christ, you're blessed. Can I have an amen? I'm so blessed and I'm so rich. So I think as a rich person, a poor person thinks when they have money now, they will be happy, they will be fine, they will be fulfilled. All for money to come, and at the end of it, you are still looking for that peace. Go close to some of these boys. You, you see, the one thing I'm sure they lack is peace. Some of them come to our church. Some of them talk to me privately. Some call for prayer. <laughs> Pastor, <laughs> there's fire on the mountain. That somebody whose life is almost hanging now is just having multiple encounters with death. Multiple. I mean multiple. Recovering from one is getting to another. And I said, what have you gotten yourself into? Unless you confess, there's no hope. That you have to say what you did. <laughs> These are the days that if you're a pastor and you really practice what you preach and you know the God you serve, there are some gifts they give you, and then before you receive it, you, you question, where is this coming from? Where did you get the money from? For me, even as minor as a hamper, I will ask you. Unless I'm convinced in my spirit, I won't take it. Unless I know what to do. Because I'm not hungry. I'm rich. I'm blessed. Not a matter of how much I have in my account, mm -mm, but the Christ that dwells in me. Galatians 3, 13 and 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has been made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might be upon us, the Gentiles, 
through Jesus Christ and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So the moment you are in Christ, you are already blessed. You already have the blessing of Abraham. It might not have materialized yet, but wait for it. It will materialize. You'll be diligent at your work. Show up at your business. Show up at your work. Do all you have to do. Be kind to your clients and your customers. Be prayerful. Feed on the word. Confess the word. Believe God. It's only a matter of time and faith you will get there. But you see, these young people cannot wait. They can't go through the process. There's nothing called due process. It has to be now. They want to drive a Venza, and it is now. A G-Wagon, and it must be now. Lexus, it must be now. One of them said in one of the videos, he was quoting some of these fraud stars that live in Dubai who are now in police nets in the U.S. And he was saying, uh, if you go too slow, you will die poor, something like that. If you go too fast, you will die quick. So choose one. Whether to go slow and die poor, or to go quick and die young. So they don't even care about the destination, listen, of their immortal soul. Let me ask you tonight, where is your immortal soul going? They don't even think about it. They feel, well, I just want to make a job life. I'm going to enjoy you. And there are all kinds of videos online. Where they go to so-called churches. No, those are not churches. I saw one on Instagram today. This, uh, it was on Linda Ikeji blog. She quoted and she wrote there that, that uh, an old video of uh, some Yahoo boys spraying money on their pastor. Money was everywhere and the man who called himself a pastor had like a prayer shawl around his shoulder. And he was dancing around the altar and there was money everywhere. I said that never happens in the church of Jesus Christ. I saw, I read some of the comments, I saw that the freeze, he said the worship of mammon. And then someone else wrote, uh, what, what churches have become. And then she wrote, uh, maybe he wrote, Jesus wept. So I put my own comment there too. Usually I don't comment on those things, I don't, I don't, all those online things, I don't get myself involved. But this one, I said, no, I must speak. I said, this is not the church of Jesus Christ. I don't care who criticizes me. This is not the church of Jesus Christ. If you read your Bible, you see the church of Jesus Christ. It's not the place where you come and throw off money and then you throw enough money on a pastor, so-called pastor. In the first place, that's that place, I told them, is a shrine with the facade of a church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. And you can't tell me that's Jesus' church. You can't tell me that's the church he's building. Can I tell you what? And some of these places are big with so many people. So you think God must be here. Hey, the devil doesn't care about big churches. He's after empty souls. So he can fill it up. And when we're having a revival, God is not targeting big churches either. God is looking to fill in empty hearts. So if you can fill our hearts tonight, those of us who are here, and we can pray for those who are not here. And those who are online are praying with us, we can believe God. We'll be interceding for our brethren, the members of this church, primarily our converts, our uh, new members. Okay, and then we'll pray in the spirit and also ask God. For a revival in Nigeria, for, a, uh, for an awakening of the spirit.
in Nigeria. This kind of praying pleases God. So as we have just a few minutes to pray. I want you to really engage. Don't allow your minds to wander. Our minds can wander. Because God is looking for intercessors. There are two kinds of people I know from the Bible that are wanted by God. In fact, most wanted. Number one are worshippers. John chapter 4 verses 20, 23 to 24. Jesus was speaking to the woman by the well, the Samaritan uh, woman by the well, that the hour coming and now is that the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. He said, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. The Father is looking for people that will worship. When I say worship, I don't mean sing. And I don't mean sing slow songs. No. People that will honor God with their lives. And I ask you tonight, are you honoring God with your life? With the way you are living your life now, can you say that you are really honoring God? Some of you are in very funny relationships that you can't even, you can't tell your pastor about. Relationships you can't tell your parents about. Because you know they are illegal, they are illicit, and they are sinful. God is not pleased with such a lifestyle. God is not honored. God is looking for those that will honor him. Those who will bring their bodies as a living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12, Paul the apostle was saying, I beg you, brethren, by the mercies of God. Give me amplified classic. Romans 12, 1. He said, I beg you, in view of all the mercies of God, I beg you. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies, without anything left, all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies. Your body. Not just your spirit, man. Your body. Some of you post pictures that, that are so obscene online. Parts of your body that should be hidden. You're, you're exposing them. Look, Paul the Apostle was saying, God is interested in your body, not just in your spirit. Not just because you speak in tongues. To make a decisive dedication of your body that, look, I'm decisively dedicating my body to the Lord. Presenting all your members your, and your faculties, your body parts, all from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet as a living sacrifice. What is the difference between the animal sacrifice and the living sacrifice? In the case of an animal sacrifice, the animal has to be killed first before it becomes a sacrifice. It is killed, its blood is shed, its parts are ripped open. But in the case of a living sacrifice, you bring yourself willingly and say, Lord, I surrender. Use me. If you can use anything, I'm available. That's a living sacrifice. And Paul said, look, bring your body as a living sacrifice. Holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God. Oh God, that we may please you. Well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. So worship is not in your songs. Choir! Worship is in what you do after you have left the stage. Church, worship is in what you do after you have left the church on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. How you live your life when you leave the four walls of this place. Where nobody sees you, but God is looking at you. Worship. Number two, categories of people that God is looking for are intercessors. Somebody say intercessors. Go with me quickly to Ezekiel. Ezekiel. 
Lord have mercy. 20, I have it, 22 and verse 30. Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. And I'll tell you why God needs intercessors and then we'll pray. He said, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. So this is in agreement with the prayer that Tony led earlier, praying for the Nigerian youth. God said, I sought for a man, one man. Will you be that one man tonight? Will you be that one lady tonight? God said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. Stand in the gap before me. I'm about to bring judgment. Look. The land of Nigeria currently is crying. There is too much bloodshed in our country. Too much. There is a crusade going on in the realm of the spirit. It's not a good crusade. It is the crusade of ritual killing. And it's not just in Nigeria. It will interest you. And it's not just in the southwest of Nigeria. It's happening in the north now. It's rife in Jos. It's rife in, I was reading about Taraba or so. So even up north, all right, I, I saw an article that said, I think in Mozambique right now, if you're a bald-headed man, you better not go there because they kill you. They believe that the head of a bald-headed man contains gold. So those of you who's, you get what I'm saying? Whose hair is receding, you better don't go to Mozambique. They believe. So they are, they are hunting bald-headed men because they believe that the head contains gold. Now, who on earth told them that? It's a spirit. A spirit ministered that to them. I was telling my wife last night, I said, look, do you know these young Nigerians who are into money rituals and they are making videos? When they say you brazen something out in English, let me teach you a little bit of English. It is when you do something wrong, you know you're wrong, but you brazen it out, meaning you don't care. Look, I know this is wrong, and I don't, you defend it. That's the attitude of Yahoo boys now. They know they are ritualists. They don't care. They, in fact, they are showing off their rituals. Back in the day, the fathers would do, if anybody does the charm, they will hide it. They will conceal it in a place where nobody would see. In fact, maybe unless you destroy the house, <laughs> or you break the floor, that's when you find it. These boys are showing it off on video. And the time they are recording their videos, it's showing on their camera, on their phones, 2 past 2 a.m., past 3 a.m., and they're showing off all their rituals where they are cooking their stuff. And our ladies are praying for God-fearing Yahoo boys. Isn't that madness? Now they say, because their parents are poor, because their grandparents are poor. Hey, excuse me, are you the only one whose parents are poor? No, 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 no. Do you think it's even an African thing to be born in a, in, a, in a poor home? I think it's a challenge if you are born in a poor home and it's a privilege. It's a privilege to make a statement of your life. It's a privilege to believe God and upturn things and be a peace setter, a trend setter in your family. I was born poor. My parents were born maybe poor. My, my, grand, my grandfather on my maternal side was a king, so maybe he was rich. In their own economy at the time. In terms of cowries. And last time I checked, if anybody kept cowries for me, it doesn't make any sense to me right now. 
But somebody found Christ and I said, look, Galatians 3, 13 and 14, poverty is the curse of the law and Christ has redeemed me from it and I'm, I'm going to make a statement out of my life. That is supposed to be a challenge. If nobody ever went to school in your family, in your generations, you should wake up and go to school and get a degree. I said, look, I'm going to be the first graduate in this family and I'm going to do it in the name of the Lord and to the glory of the Lord. That is what the order is supposed to be. Not for you to be so stupid and follow the devil and cut short your life. Now, let me tell you, these boys also are afraid to die. Because when it's time to die, they don't want to die. A friend of mine was telling me about a boy in Elisha. When his time came, he started wearing helmets all over the place. He would be driving his car and there would be a helmet on his head. Because they told him he was going to hit his head. And that, that's the way he would die. So he was wearing helmets. That day he didn't go out. He was wearing helmets in the house. He just fell down inside the house and died. <laughs> it was time. The way they died, they died like chicken. One boy built a house somewhere in Akwete, and on the way, the day of the dedication of the house, he was on a bike. The bike just climbed a, a, a bump, a road bump, speed bump, that's all. Just climbed the bump, and he fell off the bike. Nothing happened to the bike, man. Nothing happened to the bike. He died without any scratch on his body. He just died. Is that the way life is going to continue in Nigeria? It is almost becoming a profession. What do you do for a living? So very soon, if we don't stand against it, it's going to be medical doctor, nurse, accountant, IT, Yahoo. Come on. God is seeking for a man that will be angry enough in the spirit to say, Lord, enough is enough. If we don't stop it, it will affect us. A young man came to me and told me, he said, sir, another young man told him that he's been sampling churches around in Ibadan. And the reason he's going to churches is because he's looking for a girl to use. He's looking for a girl in the church. And he said most of the churches he had gone to, a lot of the girls have been used. How true that is, I don't know and I don't care. I am not bothered by such stories. But I'm bothered about you in the house if you are not on fire. Such a person should come and be arrested by the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? amen. Without anybody knowing their mission. Let them just start confessing and manifesting. And, man and then finally he finds himself here and then he's crying. And I say, Lord, I need to surrender. I, need, I, just, I just want Jesus. That's all I want. Unless somebody prays, such things won't happen. I think it was Charles Wesley who said, Without God, man cannot. But without man, God will not. The reason God needs us to permit him to invade this earth is because Adam's lease has not yet run out. Adam committed a treason against God. God created the whole world put him in charge and said, Adam, run everything. You run the company. Run the earth. Multiply. Be fruitful. Let Garden of Eden extend all over the world. That was the mission. But then the tempter came and Adam just sold out easily. Just cashed out. Just like that. He wasn't even deceived. His wife was deceived, but he was there. The Bible in Timothy said he wasn't deceived. He just committed treason. And the moment he committed that treason, his lease as he used to be the God of this world, but he gave that power of attorney 
to Satan. And so Satan became the god of this world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, if our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost. Can I have that on the screen? Whose minds have been blinded, whose hearts have been blinded by the god of this world. Lest the light of the, of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine into them. If our gospel be hidden, it is hidden to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world, the God of this world, small letter G. So God right now, the Almighty, is not the God of this world. A young man asked me a question in Houston, Texas years ago. He said, is God in charge of the world? I said, no. He said, because I've been wondering if he was the one in charge, why are children dying? Why are things happening in this world? Why hurricane? Why so much poverty and lack? Why so much violence? People killing one another. It's a crazy world. I said, yeah, it's a crazy world. For you to know that Satan is really very crazy. He runs the world. And don't blame him. Blame, blame Adam. Who gave him the authority to run the world? Satan doesn't know how to run anything well. If you give him your finances, he will mismanage your finances. If you hand your family over to Satan, he will mess up your family. If you give him your health, he's going to mess you up. That's why we don't permit him around us. Even though he's the God of this world, he's not the God of our lives. Can I have an amen? And that's why we can rebuke him and bind him and tell him, hey, thus far you have come. No, 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 no. I live here. You get out in the name of Jesus. In whose mind the God of this world has blinded. He said, whom the God of this world, that's small letter G, that's Satan, has blinded the minds of them which believe not. He has made their minds blind. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of the anointed one and his anointed, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The gospel is light and it shines. You wonder why you preach to some of your friends and it, it bounces back. They are just repulsive. They don't receive it. It's because there's a veil covering their minds. It's like a blindfold. When you use a blindfold to cover someone's eyes, they can't see. So what do we do as believers in the place of prayer? We remove the blindfold in the name of Jesus and we command the light of the glorious gospel of Christ to shine into them. Boom! Then they get born again. Can I have an amen? But somebody has to fight. Can I have an amen? I said somebody has to fight. Can I have an amen? We have to fight for our brethren. Fight for our brothers and sisters who are still messing up. Stop criticizing them. Pray for them. Enough is enough with our criticism. It doesn't help. She's still going to the club, I know. He's still drinking, I know. God knows. He knows. She knows. The devil knows. But what are you going to do? God said, I'm looking for a man. I'm not looking for a gossip. I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for an intercessor. Who will stand in the gap between me and them. So I don't bring judgment upon them. This is our role as Christian people. Intercessory prayer is something we should do daily. I was encouraged when one of the mothers of a lady in this church who has been very, very naughty and very wayward. Her mother, you know, had a chat with me or maybe spoke with me on phone and said, Pastor, thank you. Something is happening. She's home now and she's been sober for some time. She says, I know something is happening. I said, yeah, I know. God is faithful. We're praying. We're trusting God. We might not mention people's names specifically, but we're praying for every member of this church. And we pray every Tuesday and Thursday. Some of you don't even join. Majority of you don't even join. One hour prayer, six to seven. But if I say, let's call for a miracle service, bring your 
sample of your work. Let God bring a breakthrough and make multimillionaires in this church. This place won't be enough to contain the people that will come. Misplaced priority. That's why we have what we have in the world today. That's why Yahoo boys will go to church and take their money there. To hell with your money. Your, your, your goddamn blood-stained money. Oh! I told my pastor friends some time ago, I told them, I said, they are not members of this church, they are not pastors in this church, but they are pastors. I, I, I talked to them and they know me, I'm very blunt with them. I said, don't take Yahoo money in your church, it is Akaldema. Akaldema means the field of blood. That was the field that Judas bought with the 30 pieces of silver he collected on Jesus. He cast out on Jesus. But Thursday night, that credited his account. And then he went to buy real estate. He killed himself right there. His intestines burst open. Hanged himself on a tree, head down, and then this place burst open. Blood all over the place. And that field till today is called Akaldema. The field of blood. Many churches are Akaldema. The pastors know. The boys are doing Yahoo. Are you collecting money from them? That they won't even sponsor in the church? They buy a car for pastor? Hungry pastors. Whose belly is their God. Can you imagine what will happen in our country? If they bring the money to your church. And we're like a hundred pastors. And every pastor said, no, no. I don't want your money. Away. Peter said to that man called Simon. He said, God. God, God. If you ask me to say it in our, in our modern, modern contemporary English, I say to hell with your money. Say the Lord rebuke you. Say your money. Peter said your money. Per no, was it Peter or Paul? It was Peter. Peter said your money perish with you. Do you suppose that the gift of God can be purchased with money? What did he want? The gift of speaking in tongues. He was a sorcerer. He just got born again. But you see, he was still one leg in, one leg out. So when he saw the gift, as the apostles laid hands on people and they received the gift of baptism, I said, ah, here is money. Can I have the gift also? People throw money at supernatural things. Ah, are you ready to pray tonight? Many have been bound in the prison of Satan. Isaiah 14, 17. Isaiah 14, 17. Satan is so wicked that when he locks people up in prison, he throws away the keys. He doesn't like to open the prison house. Look at that. He said, look at them. Now, let's, let's take from verse 16. From verse 16, please. Quickly, media. Thank you. He said, they that see thee, he was talking about Satan and talking about what will happen to him in the end of the age. He said, those that see you will narrowly look upon you. They will look down and say, ah. And consider you singing, is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms, they will see Satan physically at that time. He's a spirit, but they will see him physically at that time. And they say, is this the man that made the world tremble? Is this the man that shook kingdoms? You, this man, small man like you. Next verse. That made the world as a wilderness. That is what Satan is doing right now. Is the one walking in ISIS, walking in Boko Haram, walking in Iswap, working in all of the terrorist groups in Fulani Hezbe. It's Satan walking in them. And what he's doing is to make the world a wilderness. 
and destroyed the cities thereof. Now look at this. That opened not the house of his prisoners. When the devil locks anybody up in a house, in a prison, he does not like to open it. He locks them up, he throws away the keys. So that they can be there permanently as prisoners. But when Jesus came, in Luke 4, 18, he quoted Isaiah 61 verse 1. Give me Isaiah 61 verse 1. And the ministry of Jesus is what we are standing on tonight to pray. Isaiah 61 and verse 1. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Isaiah 61 and verse 1. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Let's read it together. One, two, go. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. All right? He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. I can't hear you. To proclaim. To proclaim what? Liberty. Liberty is the same as freedom. To the captives. Those who have been bound. And finally, look at it. And the what? The opening of the prison to them that are bound. Who put them in prison? Come on, talk to me. Who puts people in prison and throws away the key? Who doesn't like to open the prison? What's his name? Satan. Now, who is the one anointed to come and open the prison door? What's his name? Jesus. So Satan and Jesus are not on the same level. The ministry of Satan is very clear. The ministry of Jesus is very clear. The ministry of Satan is to steal, kill, and destroy. The ministry of Jesus is to give life and give it more abundantly. Can I have an amen? And we are co-liberals with Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.9. We are co-liberals with God. We are to lock hands with God. First of all, first of all, first of all, in the place of prayer. In the place of prayer. Our primary job is to get on our knees and intercede for souls and cry to God for souls. Not to cry to God for bread and butter. Cry to God for souls. Let kingdom priority be your priority. You will be taken care of. You will be fine. Did you hear me? God is not broke. <laughs> you will be fine. Seek his kingdom first. My wife always says that I, I might not have a particular thing for a long time. I'm talking about me. But by the time it comes, it just comes. It, people will just give me that particular gift. It just comes. And some of you probably remember that before I left Nigeria for the UK, I didn't have a wristwatch. Or maybe you thought I didn't like to wear it. I, I used to have some. In fact, one was a gift from the US. I gave it out. And not, and not two gifts from the US. I gave them out. And I didn't have a wristwatch for a long time. But I was never bothered by it. And I would never go asking, church, can you just put some offering together? Your pastor needs a nice wristwatch. On my trip to the UK, I was embarrassed with gifts. At some point, I was almost saying, look, my, my bags, I had three bags. Somebody just walked up to my room. Uh, you know, pastor, so you're going back to Nigeria. You need to have this. You need to have this. I hope this, you like this. I hope. I didn't have to break the bank. I didn't even have to pray to God about it. Yeah. I didn't have to tell him, Lord, you know, I need a very nice, this one, I need this one, I need, he knows, your heavenly father knows what you need. <laughs> Matthew 6, 33, your heavenly father knows what you need. Maybe you find that in verse 32, 
your heavenly father, your daddy. Come on now. For all these things do the Gentiles seek. After all these things the Gentiles seek. They seek, they look, they also, they are also low, also low. Those things they are seeking. When they kill somebody and use their blood to make money, the venza they are buying. Jesus said, all these things they seek, right? He said, for your heavenly father, come on now, give it to me, media. Know it, that you have need of all these things. He will give them to you. He said, but you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things, without an exception, all these things, all these things shall be added unto you. There was a time I was hustling for visa in my life. Visa to travel abroad. Today, visa is the one coming after me. I'm the one saying, look, I, I, I don't want to travel now. I don't, okay, if I process any country, I'm going to get their visa. But there was a time it was like, oh Lord, am I, am I living under a curse? No, you're not. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Maybe God is still processing you. Still processing your character. Getting you ready. Stand on your feet tonight. Let us pray. All those online prayers you join, where you are always praying for miracles, miracles, miracles. You better stop it. And spend your own time praying for souls, praying for, praying for a reawakening, praying for revival, praying, praying that people will find Christ. Your family members, you have brothers and sisters who are not born again. They need to find Christ. How will it be when you make it to heaven and all your family members are in hell? Will you be happy? I figure some people will be miserable when they get to heaven. When you see your parents, when you see other people who are not where you are. Come on! Let us lift our voices and pray. And say, Lord, we are asking for the souls of our brothers and sisters tonight. We are asking for the souls of our brothers and sisters tonight. We are asking that those who have gone as as prodigal sons and daughters will come back home your grace will bring them home your mercy will locate them wherever they are and they'll be back in this house and they'll be established in the faith and they'll be on fire for god can we pray that can we pray that now okay so pray with me in the understanding say precious holy spirit in the name of the lord jesus christ we lift up our voices tonight asking for the souls of our brothers and sisters in this church who are one leg in and one leg out and those who have left completely for the world we ask that your grace and your mercy will locate them tonight and do a work in their heart which only you can do let there be a reawakening in their heart Revive their hearts. Revive us, O oh God. Let the revival begin even with us. We take from the word of the psalmist tonight. Psalm 119 and verse 25. Our soul cleaves to the dust. Revive us, O oh God. According to your word. As we begin to bring the Holy Ghost. And in understanding... In the name of Jesus. Come on, pray everybody. The Lord is here. If you want to kneel down, kneel down. If you want to sit down, sit down. If you want to stand praying, but make sure you focus on the Lord Jesus tonight.
set the Lord before you. We have a few minutes, but please pray. Lekorada doske mana prokotoli egedombra ando frene mukatelia. Set the Lord before you. Set him at your right hand. Do not be distracted. See King Jesus. Lokorado dosia labaha. Ragado sunka payala. Mekoko parada basenketelia. I believe the Lord is purging hearts tonight. It's purging hearts, our hearts of filthiness, unrighteousness, immorality, pride, self centeredness, evil speaking maliciousness and all the things that hinder his move in our lives we'll begin to see a new move of the holy spirit in this church and in our individual lives yea he will use us for his glory he will use us in dimensions that are beyond comprehension noted tonight dimensions beyond comprehension not just a cute little saying. I had them straight from him. Dimensions beyond comprehension. God will use us. Oh yes. Oh yes. These are the days that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. Will cover the earth. As the waters cover the seas. Yeah. The glory days are not just here. Our glory days are here. Because we radiate his glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift your hands and just embrace him tonight and just worship. So you may stand on your feet as we bring this, the prayer meeting to a close. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We believe. We believe. Jesus, we believe. As we worship in your presence, there is healing. The Holy Spirit's gentle touch is flowing. Jesus, King Jesus, we believe. King Jesus, we believe there is power in your name. Thank you not only for your power, but for your presence and for your person and for your passion that has engulfed our hearts. Thank you for the privilege you've given us to lock hands with you tonight, to co-labor with heaven, to bring heaven to the earth. Who are we that you would find us useful? We are grateful. We are grateful, not because we deserve it, but because of your mercy. So we are grateful for your mercy. We are grateful that you could use our little lives to contribute immensely to your kingdom. Lord, we are grateful. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the sweet communion of the precious Holy Spirit, rest and abide with us now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen.